1: All right, everybody, thanks for listening to Mental Health Monday, where we aim to provide an open space for dialogues about a number of mental health topics and how folks are being affected on local, state, and national levels. Guests and topics on the show range from psychiatrists, psychologists, school drug and grief counselors, and any other professionals in the field, testimonials from those affected by mental health issues, such as students, veterans, first responders, and more. And we also hear from folks who are organizing events around the community that promote or bring awareness to mental health issues, with the main goal being normalizing these mental health dialogues. Today we're speaking with Fika Van Dyke, Cherokee Brown, and Quinlan from the Big Wind Singers. They all recently participated in the Mountain Rhythm Reset event in Jackson, Wyoming, that's put on by the Raven Drum Foundation. This foundation was founded by Def Leppard drummer Rick Allen and his wife Lauren Monroe, who's a musician and holistic wellness expert. This is an effort to help veterans, first responders, and other trauma survivors heal. The weekend was designed to bring together a select group of legendary musicians, innovative change makers, leading business and health visionaries, and decorated military veterans to inspire personal healing and community impact, all with a focus on addressing mental health. I'm really excited to uh, hear about that uh, event here today, how it went, uh, what brought you guys to the Raven Drum Foundation, and the Mountain Rhythm Reset. Uh, but before we start talking about all of that today, how's everybody doing this morning? I'm doing good, Vince. Quinlan, thanks for coming in.
2: I'm doing good, thank you.
1: Cherokee, appreciate it. I'm doing good as well. Thank you, Vince. And Fike, thank you as well. Uh, Fike, you were kind of the one who I found out about this whole thing from. Um, this sounds like it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience and something that truly brought a group of people together that needed to come together to kind of have this healing moment. And the f- the fact that it was through music uh, and inspired and came from tragedy and people uh, wanting to address that trauma and how, how to move forward and live life with that. If you wouldn't mind just kind of giving us uh, and our listeners a background information on how all this came to be, I think it starts with you cause that's who I found it out from.
0: Yeah. The crazy thing was um, went to work suddenly got a a text from one of the organizers of the event um through friends of remo which is a big drum and drum skin company okay um they contacted me and said hey there's something going on in in jackson hole in wyoming i totally forgot that you were in wyoming um, and real
1: quick, they why were they uh, contacting you? Tell us a little bit then about your background in music.
0: Oh, man. Uh, well, quite some years ago, I was a full-time musician myself, and uh, I toured around the world. I had the blessing to do that. Ended up uh, in the States, mm-hmm. met my beautiful wife, Noelle, uh, who studied fine art, and, um, yeah, eventually... You grow a family. You figure out that music is not always the most sustainable world for you to live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, traveling a lot, touring a lot, recording a lot, and then um, yeah, being on the road a lot. You know, you you have a family. You want to change that pattern um, to be around family. So um, also several shoulder surgeries later. Um, I figured out hey maybe this is not the thing for me anymore and um yeah i still had contacts within remo and, and
1: music was still a big part of your life i mean you're you're yeah. involved with a number of local bands we see you all over the place uh, just on the quick side note too you were in the band that played at my uh, sister's wedding reception I did. So. fluffy
0: buffalo fluffy the good buffalo. old funk band yeah the
1: best funk band in all of wyoming oh thanks and man I i'm not even yeah I, I loved you guys and uh, but that that was something that you're carrying on, so they reached out
0: to you? Yeah, they reached out to me because I was still wondering, hey, where am I at? Can I purchase some items? And they were like, yeah, you're still on the roster. I'm like, uh, I'm still endorsed by you guys, and that's kind of how it started rolling. Yeah, there's something happening. Maybe you've heard of Rick Allen, and I'm like, yeah, of course, you know the one arm drummer that the whole world knows about you know
1: right and, and, and just in case for any of our listeners who might not know too, uh tell us a little bit about rick allen and uh def leppard his a little bit of his story
0: so rick allen uh was a famous drummer around um the 80s the 90s he was a famous uh, drummer with um def leppard and uh, he got into a car accident um when this car accident happened, his arm got stuck uh, because he was buckled up, mm-hmm. uh, but he was slung out of the vehicle and uh, he lost his arm that way. So right now he is the famous drummer, right. and he is a lot faster than a lot of other drummers with two hands and two arms. Uh, and um, yeah, it's it's kind of his his fame right now, right. as as being that one drummer with one arm that can outplay everybody with two arms you know so um
1: well that's such an anecdotal part of our pop culture history too but for you to meet the man to meet the person hear his story then at this event and he organized it with his wife so this was kind of like a big the whole purpose behind the raven drum foundation is uh healing and uh, how how to uh, process that trauma Correct and uh, the the mountain rhythm reset. Do you know if this was just in Jackson, or is this something that they do kind of all over the country? Does have a different name, or
0: it has a different name? Okay. like the retreats, but this was the uh, the first retreat that they organized okay. that was outside of California. Okay, and uh, they wanted to do something somewhere else in a different location, um, and they want to grow even further uh their focus is really working with individuals with uh with trauma Mm -hmm. um this one was specifically focused on veterans first responders and i used to be for first responder as well Mm -hmm. after i experienced um some trauma Mm -hmm. there as well and um yeah so and then people that have experienced uh, trauma themselves, trauma survivors. So the focus was on healing and how to use music and other uh, coping mechanisms together to to find that place of healing. And uh, it it was super powerful. And super what, what powerful.
1: better way to do it through through music and and coming together in a yeah. beautiful location and. Before we talk about that event and more of your stories, too, uh, Cherokee, you were kind of telling me about how you found out about this, too. It was all kind of uh, last minute uh, coming together the way that you ended up there.
2: Yeah, it was the really last minute. And I want to mention Amy Merrington Culp, who actually is the one who um, how we found out about it was she called a friend here in Amy lives in Jackson. And so Amy called a friend here. And somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. It's kinda how it worked. And I got a they wanted the drum group. They wanted the native drum group. And so I think this was the first time that they had the native drum group in this circle. And Amy's just her big beautiful heart. She never wants to leave anybody out. And and so that's kinda how we found out about it. There was a lot of contacts made that day, like it was last minute. And so there was so many contacts made that day. And um a lot of drum groups wanted to come, but they were already um, committed to other obligations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so called Quinlan, and Quinlan was like, Yeah, I'll do it. Just calm as ever. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do it. I'm like, really? So, yeah, so we made it happen, and that's how we ended up there. Um, I was actually supposed to be at another event that weekend. And that was another um, event that I felt like was healing for me because that weekend on Friday was September 22nd, which was my daughter's birthday. who was killed uh, back in 2015. And so where I was supposed to be that weekend, I was looking at it as a healing um, event, which was equine therapy. My daughter loved horses and... um, people, as people know, that suffer from trauma and just trying to find that healing aspect of it. um, I was kind of torn between, like, where do I go, where do I go? And talking with Quinlan and and the boys and knowing that they're bringing Grandma Raphaelita there, I I kind of wanted to be there to make sure that we all felt comfortable or they felt comfortable. And just I was kind of feeling a little um, like asking Quinlan and the boys to go. Just like, okay, go. There you go.
1: Yeah, go. yeah. You wanted to be there to kind of yeah, facilitate. Kind
3: of make sure that yeah, they yeah. were
2: taken care of and um, everything was, was good for them. And so then I called Amy and Amy says, well, I hope you can make it. And just that connection, that connection I have with Amy, I decided I'm going to go. And after reading the website of the Raven Drum Foundation, I knew I was supposed to be there. It was really... Definitely a healing experience, something that I've never experienced before. I mean, just the, the storytelling, the, the first day on Friday of the storytelling and just the connection because when, when I think about trauma and I think about grief and when people go through those two things or have those in their life, we're all looking for that pain reliever.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: And some people have a pain find the pain reliever in places that they don't really want to be. Mm-hmm. And so hearing about what Lauren does and her healing modalities and just the the way she does things and using the drums, and I just thought it was such an honor and a blessing to ask Native drummers to be there because that's part of who we are and the drum being the heartbeat of our people. Right, We look to that. And me, myself, for early on in my healing After my daughter was was killed, I didn't automatically go back to our ceremonies or or stick close to the drum. Mm -hmm. Um, There was other things that I isolated and I uh, was scared a lot Mm -hmm. and just not sure sure how to live with this. Right. And so, but going back to our ceremonies and going back to hearing the drum is what I feel like brought me back to life in... So having us be there and this whole event was right where we were supposed to be. Uh, Friday, September 22nd, was the day of the storytelling and just everybody connecting and getting to know each other. And Lauren talking and Rick Allen sharing his story, Matt Sorum, Nikki Sixx was there. And those were all my high school favorite rock band drummers. My first concert I ever went to, 15 years old, was in 1988 in Casper, Wyoming, and it was Def Leppard.
1: That's amazing. So, I mean, we we were kind of talking before the interview started about full circle moments too. That's another big one. I mm-hmm. mean, that uh, the, the people that you looked up to in your youth are now there, part of a healing ceremony that uh, that you're involved with.
2: Yeah, that was when the boys on Saturday when the boys said, "Should we do a round dance?" That was like. To have that round dance and to have Nikki Six and Lauren and all of these, all the celebrities all participating in a round dance is something yeah. I'll never forget. It was
1: it's just, surreal, but yeah. amazing. Cool. And I do want to throw things over to Quinlan here too then. So you, you kind of found out from, from Cherokee then, also very last minute about this, but um, as a member of the Big Wind Singers, uh, what were you wanting to bring to the event
4: then? As a member of the Big Wind Singers, I was wanting to uh, bring our form of uh through our drum and how we do it over there so they could see how uh how very much similar we are even though we are different mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. where we all connected at with the similarities was the way uh it made us feel to do it and the way it made you know i i was part of their uh their their drum circle too, with the Jim B's and uh, and the uh, and the different sorts of drums that they had and uh it it really made me feel good and I was glad that uh I was able to share our forms of music with uh a lot of the a lot of the people that might not have ever heard that type of music before, right, right, yeah.
1: And if you're gonna do <clears throat> this 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 type of uh, mental health uh, uh, musical summit in Wyoming, then what better way to uh, learn about the culture than to have an actual group come yeah. out and perform? And, and like you said, that the, the the drumming, the the singing, and dancing that is all tied in with with healing, with uh, uh, celebrating the culture, with uh, yeah. Uh, addressing trauma. And um, and we kind of talked about this a little bit before the interview as well, too. I I don't want to put anyone uh, on the spot, but the whole purpose of Mental Health Monday is to kind of get out uh, uh, normalizing, talking about these types of things and the need for these types of events to, to, uh, address that healing of that trauma. So uh, Quinlan on your end, was there anything that, uh, uh, on a personal level that, uh, that you were there for healing yourself
4: on a personal level? I was, I was there to, uh, to at first just to see what this, this whole horror thing was about, but then I wanted to also, um, I wanted to feel what it is that they were feeling through whatever they were doing with their drums, that natural empathy. Yeah. 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 I wanted to feel that too, which I did. And, uh, the feeling that I got from being there is the same feeling that I get every time that me and my drum group set up somewhere, whether it's a powwow or event we're asked to sing at and, uh, it's shared within that circle. And it was different this time to have it shared amongst everybody, like a giant circle. It mm-hmm. was, it was amazing.
1: And that was your recommendation to do the round dance, then, right? Like, well, yeah. if we're gonna have a drum group, then let's let's do a round dance. That wasn't yeah. on the plan. That wasn't on nope. the schedule of events. Uh, but they uh, they rolled with it because they saw the importance of it. Yeah,
4: and you know, a lot of the a lot of the individuals that sing with us too, you know, they they've had their own uh, shares of struggles and and things through life and. And I think a lot of times, you know, when, they, when they're singing with us, they get that, they get that, uh, that feeling that we all get mm-hmm. amongst that drum. And it It's was almost like a of, release. Yeah, it yeah. was a release. And uh, that's what I think was really unique about attending this was because that feeling was amongst all of us. You know, usually that feeling is almost just contained there at the drum or whoever's sitting with us at the drum feels it right? or around it, you know. But this time it was like a feeling that was... Palpable. Yeah.
1: Yeah, every, everyone was everyone in that there moment. was feeling it. Well, and we were kind of talking before the interview too, Cherokee and I, about um, trauma and how it just leads to isolation. It leads to being by yourself. It yeah. leads to feeling like you've got to bear the brunt of everything. Um on your own so to be able to have other people sharing their stories it uh, kind of inspires other people maybe give them the more more confidence to talk yeah. about what they're going through and then it's just this yeah. kind of ripple effect of positivity and turning negative trauma into I don't want to say something positive but something to move forward you right. know something that uh, uh, that will lend itself to that that healing process and um, Cherokee, you you mentioned too during this interview that you, your daughter tragically passed away, and that this is all kind of tying in, um, uh, timing-wise to to this weekend that you guys that you guys did this. Um, tell us a little bit then about how you met Fika.
2: Yeah, I met, um, and it's crazy because Fika's lived in Lander this whole time, and I didn't know him. I knew of the uh, tragedy that hit FICA's family. And the Saturday, September 23rd, when, when FICA made it to Jackson, to the event, um, we got to talking and FICA asked me, she, he said, who was your daughter? And I told him, Taylor, Taylor Harris. And he, we just started talking about the, he asked me where the wreck happened and um, Taylor was racing her cousin outside of Lander. They were racing, going out onto the reservation. They, they were leaving Lander, and they were racing their vehicles. And they turned on Plunkett Road and then turned on the Mill Creek Cut across the Mill Creek Highway. And that's where they, she tragically lost her life. Um, they were heading to her grandma, their grandma's house. And FICA had mentioned, he said, I think I remember that. He was, I was on that call and then Fica told me his story and I just felt that connection of, I felt his love and his pain all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he shared a story with me about the tragic loss he had, he, he and his family had, and now he became a firefighter. And ended
1: uh, up as one of the first responders, one of the first responders that day of, for
3: you,
2: where my daughter, Uh, was killed and just that connection we had at that moment just again I knew I wasn't alone because Mm -hmm. sometimes in our in our grief and in our our trauma it can feel like you're alone Um, but it all goes back to connection for me like how I share is when we lose connection with something no matter what it is whether it's land our people our family uh, whatever it is when you lose that connection a pain attaches itself to that Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so when you're looking for that pain reliever um, it's hard to think about well maybe building other connections as a pain reliever and so that's where it's at for me Mm -hmm. it's trying to keep connection to something whether it's you know, our, our ceremonies, our, our traditional ways, our um, other people, you know, who, who sometimes there's no words. There's no words you can say to anybody. And so it's just prayer or just sitting and just being and just having that the closeness. And mm-hmm. the, there's no words sometimes that you can say to anybody. No. And just that you have to feel. And that's where the drums come in that day was just to feel that. There was no words being said, but to feel it and to know, you know, at our powwows and at our other ceremonies, you, when you feel the drum, that first time it hits, you just feel it throughout your whole body.
1: Kind of takes that loneliness of trauma away, at least in the moment.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when I was in the circle, I've never, I've never played the drums, the jimbies and I've never sat in the around the drum our, our our big drums our native drums either but just to be around it is it, it feels the same and I felt really safe there like I said earlier we went it was a definitely a different experience but a very healing one and I felt safe there knowing that Grandma Rafaelita was there and the boys with the drum were there and just and everybody else is being in the circle and so when I was in the circle, and I was um, drumming on the Jimbies and just feeling it, I closed my eyes and I grounded myself, as Lauren had instructed um, to ground yourself. and and I do that kind of work within myself already, too. I have to ground myself, breathe, ground, settle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I remember looking up and looking out to the mountains and just the area, and I thought about Wow, this would be so cool to have this, and have all of our buffalo bees surrounding us. So to oh, have something man. like that come yeah. here to the Wind River Reservation, yeah. So other people could experience that, and to experience the healing part of it, and just that connectedness, and to have our buffalo around, around us and our people, and that's what I remember too, and just having that feeling, and it just it, it was a blessing.
1: Well, it's all a part of that uh, the journey of healing and getting through trauma. Is, it's, it's different for everyone. And, Vyka, you mentioned a moment ago in the interview, uh, at the beginning of the interview, that uh, uh, part of the trauma that you went through led to you becoming a first responder.
0: Correct. Let me go back. Having studied um, world percussion, right, and music therapy and its purposes, seeing the drum is actually an international thing that brings people together Mm -hmm. to bring harmony, but also to send messages, to change hearts, to change minds. And it's not only here on our reservation, but it's in Africa, it's in Europe, it's in China, it's in pretty much every country that you could think of Mm -hmm. and every culture that you could think of, they have some sort of a percussive instrument where they're using things and also the symbolism of the circle itself has always been used you know because it's unbroken right you know uh, the celtic knot for instance you know it's not a circle exactly but it's it's a knot it's intertwined and it's together and sometimes they use the celtic knot as a circle as well although it's woven together the ring the wedding ring it's it's symbolism that they use it's a circle that they use that is unbroken so you put that percussive instrument there in the middle and people start playing or people start listening to it it Mm. creates that harmony with one purpose and you know I personally and this is a spiritual aspect as well believe you know the Creator created that as the heartbeat his heartbeat or Mm -hmm. her heartbeat Mm -hmm. and this heartbeat is something that we all carry this heartbeat is something that we all move around with our blood our body it moves around this heartbeat and it brings people together but it also brings all your limbs and every movement of everything together it's it's life it's purpose um there we go back to the story so the, there's that beauty that beauty behind the drum and like Quinlan and Cherokee just shared about ceremony as well it is all one particular ceremony that every culture participates in mm-hmm. and we just keep forgetting that even the drum looks different and even the language is different even the colors that we carry or the, the colors on our skin it is different it's still that heartbeat the blood is the same color that we all have And another symbolism, although the buffalo wasn't there, we did have two bald eagles flying over while the whole drum circle happened, which is symbolism here, you know. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. um, This also happened at the memorial of my boys, you know, when the native dancers were, uh, and the native drummers were playing, you know, and also when the flute was playing, we had two bald eagles, you know, at my boys' memorial which was something super symbolic but also something that I could relate with like okay man this is you know they're part of this
1: it's visceral you can feel that it it was that connectedness it was uh,
0: so spiritual it was so emotional at the same time so yes <laughs> you know um for them to have to retreat in Jackson Hole uh above any other place uh there's a purpose. There was a meaning for that, you know. Also to bring uh, people here on the reservation to this happening in this humongous mansion that was donated for that time frame, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, by the Stearns family, you know. To to have that happen, you know, and have people from all over the U.S. coming together um, in harmony, focusing on healing, you know. That 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 was tremendous. That was awesome. That was awesome. So. Um, Nine years ago it's been already nine years ago. It's crazy how time flies to be honest. Um, I experienced the house fire, and uh, many people in our community uh, have helped our family nonstop since um trying to get us back on our feet again mm-hmm. as a family um, that house fire took two of my kids' lives um my youngest child he Uh, was fighting for his life he still has to after nine years still has to have surgeries um, on his body uh, for him to uh, grow properly with all his burn scars and everything Mm -hmm. else Uh, so it's still a long effect after the fire Um, but that's how I got connected with Phoenix burn foundation which is the world's largest foundation out there um, um, for people with um, burn wounds mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um to connect um also to to share stories um to figure out ways to find the best treatment um we're luckily in an area although it is uh, far for wyoming or not far from wyoming principles um to have one of the best burning centers in the world uh, in Utah right now, mm-hmm. so and that's how I got connected with him. Jr. Martinez and is on the board of Phoenix Foundation, so he was there also to share his story as a veteran with uh, with trauma, having experience and stuff like that. So he was invited at this event. So it, it was really connecting the dots. And, um, as you said before, you know, it's a round circle. Things yeah. are just coming together. Um, which was, um, which is an incredible. So after the fire, um, I just knew that I wanted to do something back, mm-hmm. not only for the community, but also with my experience in social work, um, in case work, that kind of stuff. I wanted to do something back as a clerk, you know, clergy, I wanted to do something back. So I really wanted to help out in a spiritual, emotional, physical way. And, uh, although I was also life lifelighted, my body was still capable to do a lot of hard work mm-hmm. mentally. Maybe I wasn't there all the time, mm-hmm. but physically I was, I was able to work. So, um, I went to the fire department. I said, hey, I, I want to be helpful. How can I be helpful? I know that your crew sees things that they cannot unsee anymore. Maybe I can help in that area. Uh, maybe I can be spiritual help you know, to, to your crew. Mm-hmm. Well, first you need to understand the culture. This you know, person in the fire department said, okay, what does that mean? Well, you have to become a firefighter first. I'm like, "Phew, that's a big chore
1: that is a huge that is a
0: huge chore for somebody that couldn't save their own children to become a firefighter so um i was capable of doing it many many steps and several years later um i was qualified and was able to do these things um but yeah not anymore due to circumstances but yeah i was i was capable of doing that and i still am here uh as as a chaplain for the sheriff's department um if things occur uh that are traumatic to the community to community members um they have my phone number on their docket and they they call me when they need to
1: well just uh, hats off to you for, for that strength for, for going through that and uh your healing that's i mean that's exposure therapy then at that point uh, you know uh being back involved with the fire department then right. i mean that's that's immersing yourself back into it and
0: yeah it wasn't it wasn't easy and i it's, can't imagine it's probably not meant for everybody to do either you know because mm-hmm. y- you are facing the trigger you're facing the demon over and over and for certain people and for me especially i had to face that demon mm-hmm. before i could say hey this is healing to me, you know, Mm -hmm. um, going into a burn building, um, especially if it was not in training was probably the hardest thing, uh, for me to do, you know, but it also felt as a release, um, after I was capable of doing that. And I felt the creator is using me. Uh And I had Uh to experience this particular tough thing in my life to do something back, you know, so.
1: Well, and then that, that strength that, that you displayed during that time, then like we said, talking about the interconnecting interconnectedness of all of this and the full circle nature of all these things, then as you said before, that's how you ended up meeting, meeting Cherokee. You were yeah. able to, even though you may have still been at uh, a low point in your life and you're still in that healing part, you still have the strength to be there for her that night, and then that brought you together, and then the fact that you guys – had that moment, and then it came together at this event. I mean, that's what's still just boggling my mind right now. Yeah, it that, was crazy. It was that. crazy.
0: So the, in the morning over um, uh, at the food truck, Amy's food truck, right? Um, Amy, Amy was like sagebrush. Sagebrush. Sagebrush Creel, Amy told me, you know, I I know who you are. I've been following your wife's artwork. Well, she's incredible. It's my wife. She still tags along with me, believe it or not. I I don't understand how. uh, (laughs) She's an amazing, amazing artist. But yeah, so Amy was like, oh, I've been following your wife. And you guys are so strong. And I'm like looking at her. I'm like, I do not recognize this person. And I do recognize pretty decent amount of people but who are you what's your name i mean i kept on repeating myself because i was like i do not know this person and she said i am so happy you made it here you know and i'm like wow who, who are you and you're so friendly you know so she's a fremont county and a Countian that also experienced um, loss of a child. Mm -hmm. And she shared that with me. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy, you know. And then she said, oh, we got also native drummers and some people from the reservation here. And immediately I'm thinking, okay, this is George. Who else is it? You know, I mean, I see George on TV, on Longmire, everything else. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually Quinlan walks in, right? And I'm like, oh, I know this dude as well. I've seen him before <laughs> playing the drums, you know? And then Cherokee stood up and her her um, daughter was standing next to her and she shared part of her story. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, who is this individual, you know? And then she shared her story and I'm like, man, it, it connecting i'm connecting dots here i know who this is and i have a feeling i was at this car wreck Mm -hmm. so bathroom break happened and she's already talking with like 30 people there in line i mean we're all waiting to just everybody had to go to the bathroom you know how that goes with right you know you just want to sit till the very end until your bladder just explodes. (laughs) explodes and I'm like standing there and my bladder is already feeling like it wants to explode and and Cherokee's standing there next to me talking to somebody else. I'm like, man, okay, oh, good break. Somebody is using this bathroom. You know, they have plenty of bathrooms in this mansion. I'm like, okay, so she's standing there and she's talking and then suddenly she's done talking. I'm like, my name is Fika, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, you just shared your story. And I'm like, where did this happen and what's your daughter's name and that immediately it was that connection. And, um, it's an emotional spiritual connection that immediately was there as a fellow grieving parent Mm -hmm. and as a fellow PTSD survivor and thriver. Um, but also as somebody, you know, that, that, that has this connection, like, you know, Cherokee was explaining this thing about, you know, at one time, I had this thought about the ugly S-word, mm-hmm. suicide. Mm-hmm. I've been there as well, mm-hmm. you know and many people, many parents that have to go through the loss of their child has had that moment. Um, and I felt that connection.
1: Well, it's, it's huge though in that moment, because like we talked about before, when, when you're going through those ideations, when you're going through those, uh, suicidal moments, I mean, you really, it is the loneliest you'll ever feel. Yeah. It is truly the loneliest you'll ever feel. And Um, It doesn't make it better that other people have gone through that. It's not what that whole purpose is. But when you find out other people have gone through it and they're sharing their story and it's different for everyone, people's recovery, their journey, the healing is different for every single person. What works for one might not work for the other. uh, That may work for them later on down the road. They just need more time. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, uh, trauma is one of those things where there's never uh, it never really goes away. It never really goes away. But you. You find ways to navigate your life with it. And hopefully, those are healthy ways. And this event just, I mean, I'm getting chills just thinking about all the things that you guys have talked about.
0: It was incredible, you know, seeing also, you know, Rick sharing his story, Matt Sorum from Guns N' Roses, uh, Velvet Revolver, uh, what was the other one? The Cult, right? Wally Ingram. From Cheryl Crow. Oh wow! Uh, he toured with George Clinton. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. Wally. Wally is incredible and such a sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. The Animals, Eric Burden and the Animals. I mean, played with well, the Animals as well. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. Wally Ingram is old school. I mean, these are all legend drummers sharing their stories of of surviving. You know, both Matt and and um, Wally were sharing about the cancer. Uh, that they were dealing with and, and um, you know how they are coping with that, but also how they are using music as a medicine, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. To bring back hope to their own life. You know, it's, it's, it's incredible how music is such a, a powerful tool and a powerful medicine instead of some chemicals that you insert into yourself, you know? So,
1: well, and we were kind of talking before as well that, uh, you know, you hear about these things with, uh, with celebrities and I mean, that they may go through a tragedy that they went through, but you're kind of separated from it because it's, it's a celebrity. It's someone you're reading about in the news, but when you're there yeah. with zero, them diva
0: person, yes. yeah, zero, zero diva person. Yeah, zero diva attitude. They were so personable.
1: But then it humanizes yeah. them and their stories yeah. so much.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it was incredible. It was incredible.
1: And Cherokee, you shared a, a story, a beautiful moment as well, that uh, you got to share something that was special from your, your daughter that was with the jacket. Tell us that.
2: When I was talking to Amy, I, I asked her, I said, what's the weather like there, Amy? And um, she said, it's cold. It's 30 in the, in the evening and high 50s and during the day. So bring a, bring a jacket, bring some warm clothes. And I hadn't worn this jacket for a long time because when I wear it, it was a a jacket that used to be my daughter's. She worked for the Department of Interior, and so the patch on there looks like a cop jacket. (laughs) Uh So I didn't wear it too much. Um, But that day, I I was in a hurry, and I just grabbed it. It was the only one I found right there at that moment and grabbed it. And so when I was in Jackson, um, I was reaching in the pocket, in the inside pocket, and there was a folded up paper in there. And when I opened it up, it was, um, it was a copy of a story, my story that was shared um, by a friend of mine that I did an internship. I did an internship at Job Corps in 2016 um, when I went back to college. I went back to college in my 40s when, in 2016. And I did that because I, my daughter Taylor was actually uh, accepted to Kansas University in Lawrence, Kansas. And so that year, she should have been in school. Mm -hmm. Um, She was killed July fourteenth, two 2015. And so me going back to school, that's how I met Debbie at the Job Corps in the mental health department. I did my internship there. And I went, um, so I was just telling her, we were talking one day, and she was asking me what happened. And I told her, and I just shared my story with her. And she was just like, can I write this? Can I write, can I share your story? Can I write your story? And she did and I call it my grief baby. Mm -hmm. Uh, That moment that I remember the words when, um, when I was at the scene where she was killed, she had died instantly and so when I got there and seen her vehicle, the mangled mess that it looked like just crumbled, just just crumpled up. Um, I was actually expecting, didn't know it then at that moment, but I thought about it later, like she should have, I, I was expecting a mangled bloody mess of my daughter, and when I saw her laying in the field, she didn't have one drop of blood on her. Um, She just was laying there, looked like she was just sleeping. Mm -hmm. And so that sticks with me. But I remember, so where this story comes from, where Deb wrote it, was um, those first words of when your body goes into shock, you don't want to believe anything. I mean, I, I didn't want to believe she was gone. But from the looks of people standing there, like just standing there still... Not doing anything. And I wanted to do CPR and I wanted to just, I I wanted her to sit up. Great. And um, those first words, if somebody's grabbing me and saying, she's gone, it felt like I gave birth
0: (laughs) at that second. Every
2: bone in my body hurt. It felt like I remember um, when I was giving birth to my children it hurt because we weren't, I didn't ever have, um, it, they're all natural births. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have like pain medication and, and it hurts. <laughs> and so when that day, when I heard those words, she's gone, it felt like that again, it felt like I was giving birth. Every bone in my body just hurt. And so the story that Deb shared was just that, like it's in um, and, and that moment of, first few moments, like when a person gives birth, the newborn, you know, they're needy, they're, they cry a lot, they, um, you don't sleep at all, and so that's how it was, that's how I felt, like, when I gave birth that day, my, my newborn was just, it was neat, she was needy, she was, um, we, would stay up all night, mm-hmm. we'd cry a lot, um, and today, my, my baby's eight years old, and so she, you know, as as toddlers grow, as babies grow, they, they move away from you a little bit. They learn to crawl, they learn to walk. Uh, they learn to, you know, they, they don't need you as much. And um, But you welcome those visits when they do, when they're around you. And so, for me, that was like, she'll always be with me. You know, she's eight, and she goes to school, and, mm-hmm. she, you know, she, she does her thing. Right. But for me, it was, I, um, I think about my ancestors and where she's at. You know, our ancestors are, are just strong and powerful people, you know, and without them we wouldn't be here today to do what we do, to drum, to mm-hmm, have our ceremonies, mm-hmm. to connect with people. And so I, I think of that as a huge blessing, and I'm grateful that Creator gave me, you know, allowed me to be her mother for all those years and to know that I'll do whatever I can. And that, like Fika said, you know, to give back, and to want to help people and share stories, because we're full of stories, some' good, some not so good, and when we share them, we get those out, right. whether we do that through connection of the getting in the circle, hearing the drums, going to ceremonies, just sitting with someone, um, you talked about the suicidal ideation you know that's a that stuff's real i I was in that mm-hmm. moment where um I had a plan, and, and it wasn't because I w- didn't want to be here. It was I didn't know how to live with this pain. Right. And, That's a
1: great way of putting it, too. Yeah, Some people was, who don't understand mm-mm. folks who are going through that, uh, they, they, they just don't know. It's not, no, I don't want to. You don't know how to live with it.
2: Yeah, I just didn't know how to live with this pain. Um, I isolated because I felt like anybody, anywhere I went, someone could just see it on me or smell it on me, smell mm-hmm. this, this evilness that had a hold of me. Or this, yeah, and so I, um, I kind of isolated, and so I get it, you know, and and I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what the pain reliever was, and um, like I said earlier, you know, finding those connections and finding that pain reliever that are those pain relievers that are good. I started sewing again a couple years later from some women in the in the community. That's amazing. Who um, I make star quilts. I've always made them for, these over 20 years, you know. And um, I couldn't do that in in that time of being in so much pain, because we're taught to anything you make, whether it's cooking, beading, sewing, drumming, anything you do, you you're supposed to have good thoughts in there. And it wasn't that I couldn't have good thoughts. I just couldn't sit there that long and be alone, or just, right. And so it was really hard. But some women in the community, some family, um, had an idea of let's let's start a sewing group. And I was really scared. I was scared to do it because I was scared. I didn't want to hurt nobody, and I didn't know how I could put good thoughts into the mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. the art. And so we did it, and I, it was just a blessing because the all the women that were in that group and there, there was young kids and um, it just brought me back to life um, and yeah so and I've taught other people in the community to, to sew, I've taught my daughters my daughter Miracle who was actually there with me and my best friend Lacey in Jackson, she came up Saturday my daughter did and she shared her quilts with the people and that's her amazing uh, to it, it helps her because she understands that too. To when you're sewing, you want good thoughts in there, and so it kind of helps her with her um, trauma and her maybe where she gets stuck, uh, her pain, and so that kind of that's an outlet for her as well. Um, she shares that as well. She right now she she teaches people how to make star quilts under our program, the Windover Community Lance. So she does that. And so she's sharing her love for that and teaching other people how to make them in our well, community. And it's not just native, it's anybody. Right, anybody right. can do
1: it. So. Well, and just thank you so much for, for sharing that story and, and sharing that. And um, daughter's story was on a, a piece of paper then that was in that jacket. So you go to this event, then reach into your pocket, and then you were able to share that story yeah. with with everyone at the event, correct?
2: Yeah, I get to share that. Um, well, actually, I I shared more on um, because our veterans. We have a huge population of veterans here, and and I do as much you know volunteer work as I can um, with veterans. And one where that comes from is my late grandpa Burton Hutchinson always said, you know, never forget your your veterans, mm-hmm. and so I always carry that with me in. I started started out sharing that way and then it turned into sharing the story of you know my trauma my grief and my story about my daughter and how we're healing and how we're trying to stay connected and how it's um you know bringing all of us together you know bringing people together and well not just my story but i'm saying right that, right yeah so i shared that as we as we were kind of just going along and um but that for that paper to be in my jacket
1: just another day, meant to be just another
2: meant to be you know creator's way of putting us right where we're supposed to be mm-hmm. and again friday september 22nd was um my is my daughter's birthday her birthday when she was born and being there was such a blessing to be there that day
1: being at the right place then at the right time to, to share all of those things. And, uh, I would just love for any of you to, uh, to tell me about, uh, what was one of your takeaways from the event? You know, what was a, a powerful moment for you? What was something that, uh, uh, you, you would like to share with people that happened there?
2: Well, before I'll let, I'll pass it on, but I wanted to add something to the, um, being at the, being right where we're supposed to be Mm you know things happen the way they're supposed to happen but through that Quinlan shared his story is it okay for just not get into it but um, being things happening exactly how they're supposed to happen and for all of us to be there and sharing and just connecting and healing um, Quinlan shared his his loss of his niece with me after and I felt that connection with him, you know, in the, the hurt and the pain and the love he has. And so I really appreciate him so much for still doing what he does and, and taking the drum everywhere and sharing that, the the heartbeat of the drum to people because that helped me and it always does. So I just wanted to, that was a, a big takeaway of um, just the connectedness, just the connections we all made and knowing that people are human, everybody's human, mm-hmm. and we don't know we don't know what people have gone through. We don't know um, we don't know people's stories until we connect. Sure because them. if and it starts with us, because if we don't know our own stories, it's a little harder to understand other people's stories. So when we can understand our own stories and love our stories and share our stories and heal from our stories, it's easier for us to um, understand other people's stories, our family stories, our exactly. ancestors' stories, our community stories, because that's where it's at. And you know, just that's how we're healing. That's how that's how people heal too. It's a part of it, and just that's what I took away from all that, and to. I wanna uh also recognize Larry who was the MC for that and Lori Baker who shared their stories and, and Larry um sharing his story of, of his his trauma was just sticks with me. And Mark. Um and again Amy and like I said, if you're ever in in Jackson, hit up Sagebrush Girls, yeah, yeah. Amy and her family. <laughs>
1: it's good.
2: It's good. Yeah. Amy and her husband and her boys, yeah, they're amazing.
1: Yeah, Quinlan, please feel feel free to tell us about what
5: were your, your your takeaways from from the event and then anything that you wanted to share. Yeah, my takeaways from the event was that it finally put my mind at ease with the way things were were happening within my life. You know, I I shared the loss of my niece, but then I also shared uh, the loss of my mother too, and. The way she passed away, and it really bothered me for a long time. She's been gone two years now, but uh, you know, sometimes I still think about that. Yeah. And uh, but it put my mind at ease being around everybody there, and uh, you know, it, it's it's not it's not like uh, you know any of us there were searching for to have some feeling of uh, like people know what you feel. It's common ground and understanding. Common ground, everybody being judgmental on choices you made or anything like that. So it was, you know, that's that's what I took away from that. And, uh, you know, playing the music, you know, I was told by my grandfather, Waylon Benazzi, and he's our first lead, and I'm the second lead, but uh, he was telling me that, uh, you know, that uh, I've heard it several other places, that, you know, you can take that, that drum the big bass drum or any of the drums you can take them to any type of ceremonies or powwows or anything like that but he said it's actually the drum that takes you there Mm. and that's what he explained to me Mm. and so I take care of that big bass drum the way he was instructed me to do Mm -hmm. and I I make my own drums and that's one bass drum that I made myself and uh he told me to uh If you make it, you you truly understand what goes into it and the feeling you have when you put put it together. And that's what I have always felt about that drum. And to be there and connect with everybody else that has those feelings about their drums and and, uh, sharing stories, you know, stories you probably wouldn't just share with anybody. It was uh, different, unique to hear that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I enjoyed that because, you know, when COVID happened, it, uh, it really kind of made me depressed. Yeah. There was no events to go to anymore. There was no chances, you know, there was all these online things where you could sing. That could only do so much. Yeah. It was nothing compared to how it really feels to sing. Be there with. Yeah. Be there with People. People. And uh, that that was that was hard on me too during that time period because of I like to go sing, you know. It's not so much as I ever wanted to be famous for it, I just wanted to be a singer and I enjoy it. Then right after that, you know, COVID ended and then I lost my mom and our way you have to wait a whole year you can't do you can't do anything for a whole year and so uh i didn't really feel like doing anything for a whole year anyway it was tough i almost uh I almost gave up Making things like drums and stuff like that. Well, kind of like what Cherokee said before, you yeah. want to put the positive
1: energy into yeah. the things that you're creating. So if you if you can't feel like you can manifest
5: that positivity, yeah. what do you do? Uh, you know, slowly but surely, I felt like I've, I've come out of it, come a long ways now with that. And uh, I, uh, that's what I took from the event, anyways, that, uh, you know, no matter how hard this life is, we've got to keep on going. And uh, it's good to know, though, that there's other people out there, even the the, uh, famous musicians, you know, it was good to know that they were, uh, they struggle with the same, almost similar types of circumstances and and problems that we all struggle with too. And uh, I loved how uh, down to earth everybody was that was there. And my grandmother, Ralph she really enjoyed that. And uh, I know she shared uh, her stories too. And uh, she always shares her stories with me, and I listen to them because that's, uh, you know, she's a, she's 90 years old, so I always hear stories about this area. She shares with them stories about what it was like when she was growing up, mm-hmm. when she was in her 20s, or 30s, or 40s. And um, so I just appreciate it, and I listen to the stories, but I know it helped her to share uh, some stories too, that might have been bothering her, you know, within her lifetime. And uh, Wally Ingram was her partner, and she shared the stories with him. And uh, he said the story that she shared with him, he he wasn't, you know, they already they already said that, uh, that they were done sharing, but she continued on, so he continued on listening. That's amazing. It's that amazing that you know he he would do that. And I was glad seeing the kind of person he is. He is, I believe it. You know, I got to
1: meet him. And, huh? Well, you don't know sometimes with yeah. these events uh, who, who's going to be the real, who are the real ones, and everything. But it sounds like everyone was just like you said, down to earth, yeah. real there for each other. We were kind of even talking before the interview that uh, even after the event, you know, if someone was sitting at the bar, they're like, hey, are you getting a ride home? Are you going to be able to get home safe? Like everyone was checking in on each other yeah. throughout that whole thing. And that, that's amazing. Well, guys, I know that uh, we're we're all probably pretty close to time needing to get out of here, but I, I just wanted to thank you all for, for sharing these stories, talking about these heavy topics but was there anything else that uh, you think our our, our listeners might want to know about uh, either about yourselves or about uh, the event
0: or or anything else so this might be something from the last century you know Um, say World War one maybe I don't even know but we have the stigma going up growing up you know suck it up buttercup you know Mm -hmm. if you're not bleeding You know you shouldn't be crying you should not put any band-aids on that kind of attitude right Um, right now there's finally some movement around that stigma that the stigma needs to stop and Mm -hmm. we should be just open and honest about what's going on inside of us you know um, mental health has been more important right now than it has been in a very long time so seeing these Famous musicians, you know, they all got wealth. They all got fame. They all got a lot of things. You know, they probably can afford the best specialists, the best kind of drugs that that is out there Mm -hmm. to help them cope with these ideations, with these issues, with these traumas. Uh, We got at this event, we, we we've had first responders. You know, they're taught. And, you know, I can definitely verify on that. They're taught when you wear that uniform, you know, you're pretty much a robot. You do not show any emotion. There's reasons for that, you know, when you wear that uniform. But when you take that uniform off, you know, you're just as human as anybody else. Exactly. And the same is going on with our armed forces, you know, the veterans, but also the people that are still serving right now. You know, they're taught to, you know, to wear this uniform and not show any emotions. You know, the only emotion that you can show probably is anger, you know, because that is standing strong and everything else. Well, we learned also through this event or personally I did was that, you know, everybody is human. Even with their flaws and even with their fame and even with their uniforms and and their badges and everything else. And their stripes, you know, their chevrons or whatever is going on over there. You know, we're all human and we're all experiencing trauma in our life. And it's good to talk about it. It is. And it's great to have... Tools like drums, you know, it took me how many years, maybe seven years after I experienced the house fire to pick up music fully again, you know, to a certain capacity that I feel, OK, I can grow again musically and I can put all of my emotion back in music again, you know, which I was not capable of doing for a long time after that fire. So this was kind of, you know, a boost for me um to 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 get back to that level where I used to be at one time you know um not only musically but emotionally as well
2: i think i would love to see this happen here to have the raven drum foundation come here and cuz like what fika said you know to have people of the wonder river reservation and and surrounding towns uh to be part of that you know like i said have veterans their first responders their um police officers former police officers I mean just and all of our people and to have that that would be something and to have them surrounded by the buffalo and just the land here um again it's about healing the whole event was about healing and storytelling and connecting
1: love to see that that would be amazing to to see that here and I'm just glad that it, it, it happened somewhere it's got to start somewhere so we're glad to hear that the the Raven uh, Drum Foundation is doing this and uh, that the Mountain Rhythm Reset uh, event that went on in Jackson brought all of you together in this way um,
0: so Vince um, the Raven Drum Foundation funded everything you know from the hotel stays to Uh, getting people to share their stories from all over the nation. Um, Remo helped with the drums, but it, it was all the foundation that put things together. Um, of course, you know, you get these rock stars that make an awful lot of money, uh, probably. But, they but can't you know, for everything. they can pay for everything. So the foundation is also having like um, auctions happening and all kinds of other okay. activities happening so they can collect the money and put this money together for the next events and the next retreats and stuff like that. So if we ever want to have one back, you know, here in this area as well. Um, right now there's an auction happening right now um, go to Raven Drum Foundation uh, look for auction on their website uh, Ringo Starr donated uh, a, a drum or something like that amazing. Uh, Nikki Six, uh, he donated um, a limited edition uh, and signed bass guitar I mean all these uh, Taylor Swift she donated a guitar to the foundation there's a bunch of people of course rick allen donated stuff as well um there's a lot of stuff that is donated to this as well i think he actually donated a painting as well he's a formidable an, an amazing painter himself so people, rick allen so, so people yeah.
1: could have a piece of uh, music uh, history and know that that money that they purchased it for is going to an amazing cause is what you're telling
0: goes to the cause of raven drum foundation so they can set up more of these events, healing for uh survivors of, of, of trauma. so not only PTSD, not only um, uh, veterans, not only firefighters but everybody that, that would really benefit from um, um, help and resources uh, through their traumatic events. Yeah well well
1: thank you for, for sharing that too and uh, we'll make sure to include the link to that so any of our listeners uh, you can check out this post on uh, county10.com underneath the radio and podcast sections under the Mental Health Monday banner, and uh, you can help donate to uh, make this happen again. Uh, As I was saying to you, FICA, Cherokee, Quinlan, uh, I just want to say one more time, thank you all for doing this event, for coming here today and uh, uh, sharing your stories. I know it's never easy, but as we've mentioned throughout the day, these types of things are mega important for other people out there. So, Just thanks one more time.
0: Thank you, Vince.
2: Thank you so much, Vince.
4: Thank you, Vince.
1: Appreciate you guys uh, one more time. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll come back more today in the 10 after a quick word from our sponsors. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra
5: mile for you. Call.